Welcome back to the YO Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Robert Munoz, and our favorite, second favorite guy over at YO Sports, Michael Katz. Can't You can't knock Jeremiah off the throne, sorry. He will be joining us for this episode as well. We're going to talk some pokes, hoops, tough loss last night against Boise State. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the Pokes, who just wrapped up an NFL season recently these past few weeks. We're sorry that we weren't with you last week. It was kind of a hectic week. Everything happened. So uh, we, we didn't get to an episode, but here we are, new year, same podcast, 2021. Here we go. Got to start with Robert. How's it going? It's going wonderful as always, Mr. Graff. It's just another day living the dream. Always living the dream. How are you How are you going? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. How are you doing up there in Casper? Man, I can't complain. You know, another day, another dollar at work. Just grinding along here, trying to figure out how to be on TV. Cats, how are you, been? How are you man? How have you been? I know you've got some exciting news to share at the end of the podcast. Uh, yeah, well, and not as fun news. I threw out my back again, so I'm like a walking train wreck right now. Walking is a strong term for what I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. What were you doing that uh, caused you to throw your back out? I don't know. Like nothing like specific this time. Like I threw it out for the first time when I was like 20, 21, doing deadlifts in college, and basically like once a year this happens. And I, I went to the gym yesterday, got a good workout in, everything was fine. And then like, I got home and all, all, all hell broke loose. Uh, so then I've uh, been laying down a lot, been sitting a lot, trying not to stand. So, you know, just uh, the perks of being in your early thirties. <laughs> that sounds like it you know robert and i are, we're, we're gradually getting to the early 30s stage still still kind of creeping along at the very end of the list for a covid19 vaccine let's let's just move on let's get right into uh pokes hoops it was an impressive run for the pokes up until the last week or so they split with fresno state pair of matchups the and then now wyoming played boise state last night and they're coming off back to back 20 20 plus point losses last night 83 to 60 in laramie they were within five with a few minutes to go and then all hell broke loose boise state just kind of they put it on them they put it on them so cats i know you were covering this game what 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 happened? What exactly happened? It's funny because I don't know if there's such thing as a close twenty three point loss, but uh, you know it was. I think it was seventy three sixty eight with uh, eight nineteen left or something. You know, it, Wyoming had been down fifteen eighteen a couple different times, and they just kept chipping away and. They got it to five and it was like, okay, maybe this is where they break through (laughs) and they proceeded to score two more points uh, the rest of the game. And, um, you know, Marcus Williams sort of brought up, 
I don't know if I'd say fatigue, but they have this phrase uh, over there <clears throat> called grabbing the wall. And it's kind of a reference to being in a pool where, you know, when, when things get tough, do you keep pushing or do you grab the wall and tap out? And Linder basically was like, we tapped out when things got tough. And part of that's a young team. Part of that is, Boise State being really, really good. I mean, this is a really impressive Boise State team. And, you know, I mean, I came away with it thinking, I know you can't be like, oh, the last eight minutes didn't happen, but because it definitely did. And, and uh, I, I saw it, but, you know, they, you know, the shots weren't falling. They, you know, I don't think Wyoming looked very good last night. And for 32 minutes, they were right there. Um, and so, you know, obviously losing that game is, is tough, but, um, you know, I, you know, Wyoming's not perfect. They, they have rebounding issues. That's, that's going to be a problem. That's, I don't think there's a quick fix to that right now. Um, you know, they're, they're streaky as shooters and, uh, you know, teams that can, that can get in the paint, give them problems. But I think all things considered, Again, 23-point loss looks really bad, but to anybody who watched it, they said, you know, this Wyoming team was right there. They just need to get that extra gear. And it's kind of the same thing with the last Fresno State game. I mean, that was a 21-whatever-it-was point loss, but it I don't know if it really was that big. You know, they made some shots late. Um, but, you know, that was another one where rebounding killed them. You know, Orlando Robinson looked like Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, against Wyoming. Uh, and so, you know, there are going to be certain things that I think are going to give them problems all season. Um, and I think the only way that changes is, you know, getting more guys and, and recruiting and getting guys healthy. But, uh, you know, all things considered, I, I, I think they can be upset about the way that they finished the game. But I think overall the, the Cowboys have to be more upset about it than anything about the fact that they, they could have won that game and they were right there. And uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see a close one tomorrow because, or on Wednesday, because, you know, we've seen with these two game series in the Mountain West, you know, uh, Boise state beat San Jose state by 50 and then won by two, the second game. Uh, weird things have been happening in these in these series. I would not be surprised to see Wyoming put together a really nice effort on Wednesday. That's kind of what I wanted to ask you. I mean, outside of the team itself, you're probably one of the most familiar pers- people, individuals with the team. And how do you think, just what do you think, how do you think they're going to respond coming out on Wednesday? <laughs> it's funny because um, I love – the confidence of Marcus Williams. Uh, that dude has never seen a shot he doesn't think he can make or, or a game he doesn't think that his team can win. And I, res- I respect that. I think that's awesome. But, you know, last night we asked him, like, you know, what was your takeaway? And he's like, well, it sucks, but, you know, we, we should have beaten them by 10 or 20. And I was just like, oh, well, all right. That's, that's a lot of confidence given that you just lost by 23. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think this team, you know, this is their first losing streak and it is going to be interesting. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're going to win tomorrow, but I don't think they're going to be shell-shocked or, or they're going to lose from a lack of hustle. If they lose, it's because Boise State was better. Um, 
but I, I think they'll play a good game. I would expect them to play better than they did uh, on Monday because uh, they they were just not. They haven't been clean the last couple of games. With you know, they were missing layups and, uh, and missing layups. They can't rebound. Uh, the threes have been really spotty. Uh, just all around, it, it hasn't been the best couple of games. And um, you know, you, you would like an easier opponent to turn it around against, but. Uh, you, you know, th- this isn't a team that backs down. I don't think it's like last year where uh, you, you're going to see them go on a, you know, eight game losing streak or, or whatever it is. Uh, I, I, I would imagine they'll respond because, you, you know, I, I think one of the good things about having a young team is they don't know any better. Uh, you know, there's only four guys back from that team that lost all those games last year. Everybody else is, you know, Marcus Williams won 34 games in high school last, you know, last year. Uh, he was one of the best on one of the best teams in the country. A lot of these guys that Linder recruits are, are guys that have won games. And uh, I don't think they really know how to lose consistently. And I think that's a good thing. And so I think in this case, them being young might be an advantage for them. Yeah, Wyoming was certainly – they were in the game there around the eight-minute mark, but they had stretches where they were down 15-plus points before that. Our man, Xavier Ducell, proving that if you come on the podcast, you have good luck. He had 10 points in about a three-minute stretch there, just stroking it from outside. So, And he has, he has the second-best hair on the team behind Hunter Maldonado. Yeah, I mean, you come in as a freshman and you already have the second best hair on the team. You should, you've earned immediate respect from not only your teammates, the coaching staff, but especially the fans. Most importantly, the fans. I would say the the effort last night, it wasn't reminiscent of last year's team, but like Katz said, th- these guys are scrappers and. The fact that there's the two-game series, so you have the opportunity to adjust right away to the same opponent. You make mistakes in a game like last night's game. We're, we're talking on Tuesday before Wednesday's game when the teams meet again. You, you generally see the team who lost the first game come out with a much better performance because they know what they did wrong, whereas the team that won, they're a little bit more complacent. They're like, we did everything right. Now, obviously, Boise State is a good team and a well-coached team, so we shall see what happens. What What would you say your impression is of the Wyoming team as we've gotten into conference play here? You know, they were picked to finish, what, ninth, I think, in the preseason poll? They're definitely better than that. I think they are a middle-of-the-pack Mountain West team, and I think for – given where they've been the last few years, that's really kind of all you can ask for in Linder's first year um, is to show improvement. And there's no doubt this is a far better product than what was on the court the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've, uh, again, you know, they, they, they have their warts. Uh, they're going to get beat up down low by, by the post presences in, in the league and, you know, like I said, there's not every team has an Orlando Robinson, but uh, you know they they they're going to lose the rebounding battle not infrequently, and I know that's something that really makes Linder mad uh, because he his Northern Colorado teams were really really good rebounders, um, 
and I think he's he's kind of frustrated that uh, you know maybe it hasn't happened as as quickly here. But you know, all things considered, you, you look at what they have, and you've got Marcus Williams, who is one of the best freshmen in the country. You know, averaging close to eighteen points a game. Um, you know, Maldonado, he was he's he's going to fit with whatever coach. You know, he he could he, he could play for anybody, and uh, he would figure it out. And you know, maybe the scoring hasn't been there as much, but he just does everything. You know, Quan Marbles had his moments. Uh, everybody has kind of had their moment, and um, you know, there's not one guy that has to do it consistently on a nightly basis. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing for them that Maldonado doesn't have to go out there and score 18 to 20 for them to be competitive. Uh, you know, Thompson, I, they need more production from Hunter Thompson. That's or consistent production. Um, but, you know, for, I think for the most part, it would Linder wants to win every game. He's a really competitive guy. Uh, but I don't think anybody can be, too upset with, with what they're seeing. It's, I think the big, this was the, this was the progress here. Like people needed to see that this program was going in the right direction. And I don't think anybody can watch them and, and not think that this is a, a far more promising program than it's been the last few years. Yeah. And when you talk about them, they're better than ninth place in the mountain West. Absolutely. They're going to, finish higher than that but the mountain west is really good this year i mean uh do you guys how many how many teams do you think mountain west could put in the tournament i mean both of you guys i mean because they're just csu's good utah state obviously san diego state is not playing to what their standard might be but i mean you know they're still there so i just would how many teams could you guys both of you guys how many teams could you see these the Mountain West putting in the NCAA tournament this year? I don't think it's a stretch to say that they'll have at least two. Obviously, that's kind of the standard from the conference. But the thing about the NCAA tournament this year is who knows how many teams are going to get invited to Indianapolis when it's all said and done. We're in January now, and COVID has reared a very ugly head on the college basketball season. It wasn't terrible for football but basketball has been interrupted left and right and like you see it Wyoming's only played three conference games there are other teams in the conference who have played seven six you know and so I I I just don't know how many teams are even going to be in the tournament is is it just going to be conference champions so I don't want to get my hopes up and think that you know, Boise State, Utah State, Colorado State, who are one, two, and three in the conference right now can carry that good play so far into the tournament. What do you think, Katz? I think in if this was a, like a normal tournament, right, uh, assuming, I mean, nothing's normal, but uh, if, if, if the 21 tournament is like it's been in normal years, I don't think it's a stretch to think that, you know, Boise State I, is a they are a f- solid tournament team. Um, I think San Diego State is, is going to figure it out because they always do. Uh, you know, Colorado State is interesting. Uh, they might I mean they were sneaky good last year, um, and I think they're sneaky better this year. So I, I think they might 
they might do it. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever count a, a Utah state team either. Um, there's just, uh, it, it's not, you know, I think San Diego state won the preseason poll with a pretty handily with first place votes. And um, for the record, I voted Boise state. So I'm feeling very uh, galaxy brain at the moment, um, <laughs> but um there's there's a lot of really good teams and other than really you know maybe san jose state uh though they're better there aren't there are a lot of easy wins in, in the conference this year everybody can you know unlv has looked awful sometimes and then they look like world beaters uh on other nights and so it's, it's an interesting conference i i wouldn't be surprised if there's two three or four that make it into this hypothetical tournament yeah, Boise State's only loss on the season for uh, context here. They lost their opening game against University of Houston, who's currently the number 11 team in the country. Boise State is really, really good. And, and they only lost by like, what, like six points or something? You have the score? Yeah, it was, uh, it was 68-58, so it was only 10. 10. 10, 10 points. points. 10 points. It was in Houston as well. So and that was, that was when Boise state wasn't healthy either. They, they were missing a lot of their guys. I think they're a, a, a different team right now. I mean, you run off 11 wins in a row and you are most certainly a def, a different team, at least from a confidence standpoint. I, I agree. I think that Boise state, I mean, their football carries into the basketball name recognition Utah State is good at basketball, and they're uh, as long as they continue on, they're going to be in the tournament. San Diego State hasn't played enough conference games. That's really what it boils down to as being potentially that third team. So if they if they rebound and can get on the floor, and their opponents can suit up against them, San Diego State will probably be the cream that rises to the top. If you would, I don't know. Robert, you got any thoughts? How many uh, how many teams do you exactly think will make the tournament? Um, if we're talking the full sixty four or sixty eight team slate, uh, let's let's roll let's roll with three teams, three teams over under two and a half for Mountain West. I'm going over. I I, I applaud your confidence. Very very little doubt in the Mountain West Conference from Robert. Uh, it's a good basketball conference. I mean, you've seen that coaches have left the conference and gone on to bigger and stronger jobs, but the schools keep churning out good basketball teams, so I, uh, three teams really isn't that far of a stretch, honestly. Let's move in. The NFL season, the regular season ended about 10 days ago now, and it's, it's been an impressive year for a lot of folks. I was certainly riding, chanting, doing whatever it, could, whatever it took to get Josh Allen, the NFL MVP, at the beginning of the season. And then he kind of went into a massive lull and then ended the season on just an absolute charge. I mean, he should pick up a few MVP, a few MVP votes at the very least. I'd be very surprised if he didn't especially after they, you know, they knocked off the New England Patriots for the first time in what feels like a million years in the AFC East. So 
he he was impressive, but there are a lot of other guys who had really really strong seasons who are former University of Wyoming standouts. I mean, Dewey Wingard, he he put up numbers. He had an interception in his first and last game of the NFL season. Not many guys do that. But uh, the guy who really stood out to me, really impressed me, a lot of growth since he entered the NFL, Brian Hill. He had a really remarkable year. And as you saw as the season went along, the Atlanta Falcons, there was all this hype. They had all first-round picks, every starter on the offensive uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But Brian Hill was the guy in second halves of games, whether they were winning or losing as the season went on, that he was out there standing either behind or next to Matt Ryan. He had almost as many rushing yards on half the number of carries that Todd Gurley. Yes, the same Todd Gurley that has one of the worst fast food commercials of all time and is a former Los Angeles Ram. That Todd Gurley, he had almost as many rushing yards, about 150 less on 95 less carries. That's unreal to me. He also topped him in receiving yards. And this was all, he was still technically the backup. Brian Hill wasn't going out there and getting the first carry of the day, but he was the guy in crunch time when it really mattered that the Falcons wanted on the field, carrying the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield, blocking for Matt Ryan. So I, he he's the poke, former poke, the poke, former poke, poke in the pro that really stood out to me from this past NFL season. I'll go to Robert. Who was it for you? Oh, well, first of all, why don't, why don't I know which commercial you're talking about? It, it's – the Carl's Jr. one, right? Yeah, it's the Carl's Jr. one where they clearly CGI'd that he 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 didn't take a bite of the burger. Yet it they tried to attempt to make it look like he's diving in on like a born in a barn burger. I don't think I've seen that. Well, I'm gonna have to look it up, I guess. But David, answer a question. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to roll with Chase Rouillet, the center. Uh, Washington football team, the only offensive player for the Washington football team to start and play every snap in all 17 other games, not just this season, but last season as well. So that's pretty impressive. Signed the uh, four-year extension. Uh, I don't remember how much yeah, money he got it was. Paid. He got 72, paid. 72 million, I he think. He got paid. I don't pay a four year deal, but it was yeah, it was enough money to, you know, buy buy a place in Jackson. That's how much money he got. So the dude's paid. He's putting in the work and he deserves the paycheck. Like I said, the only player every set all every snap, all 17 other games this season, and probably 16 games last season, because I don't think they made the playoffs last season. But isn't it crazy that him and Josh and your guy, B. Hill, uh, they were all in the same squad, offensive team? Just doesn't seem like it was that long ago. We're, we're in Laramie watching them. Man, uh, we, we, we got to witness a solid football team during our time at Wyoming, David. When you have a – top 10 NFL draft pick as your QB at your school while you were there. I mean, that's electric. 
obviously they didn't go on to BCS bowls or accomplish nearly what they, what they expected or thought they could have, especially in that last season. But there's always a buzz. Every single game was on national TV. Every single game was also talked about on national TV. Like, hey, the game that you may not think you want to watch, but you really, really should watch, Wyoming. It's at midnight, Eastern time. <laughs> but, I, like, I, th- those were impressive teams, and it's good to see uh, the last member of the band join up with Josh Allen as well up there on the on the practice squad in Buffalo. Michael, who, who was it for you that stood out as a poke in the NFL this past season? Obviously, you don't have the alumni attachment that Robert and I do, so you, you're not looking at it through rose-colored glasses here. I, I do have uh, Josh Allen's backup, though, Matt Barkley, USC legend. So <laughs> that's, always, that's always a trip to, to see, you know, one of the most decorated high school recruits in, in, uh, in high school recruiting history uh, be the zero-star recruits backup. It's just, you know, development and things. It, it's amazing what, what can happen when guys mature a little bit and grow into their, their frames and whatnot. But um, I, I think for I'm always really, really impressed with Tashawn Gibson uh, of the Bears. Um, that guy is just everywhere. He's always around. It's, it's literally like every tackle he's – he's either there or he's a step away. Um, that guy has just been a really understated playmaker for a really long time. And um, I don't think he necessarily gets the, the credit that, that he deserves for just being a really, really, you know, I know he's made the pro bowl and whatnot, um, but that dude is just, he's just good. He's, he's just a ball player. And um I don't remember. I, I talked to him a few months ago and he's, he's awesome. He's, he's so much fun. Um, at first the wrong guy from the bears called me. So that was, a, that was really interesting. And then I told Deshaun that, and he thought it was the funniest thing on earth that I got who, like, who, right. who called you? It was who? someone from the practice squad. I have no idea. And like, I, I, I picked it up and I was like, Hey, who's this? And he was, and I couldn't quite make it out what he said. And I was like, well, it, it can only be like one person. It's like it has to be Tashawn, and we were talking, and I was like, "So this is your first, this is your first year with the Bears, right?" And he's like, "No, I was in the practice squad last year." And I was like, "Practice squad?" I was like, "Wait a minute, am I talking to to, to Sean Gibson?" He's like, "No, this is this is blank." I was like, "Oh man, this is awkward because uh, I'm supposed to be talking to Tashawn right now," and he's like, "Oh no, oh this is awkward. Hold on, let me give let me let me give the phone back to the other guy." And so a few minutes later, Deshaun actually called me and uh, we had, we had a nice talk, but that was, that was pretty fantastic. Um, but yeah, that guy is, uh, he's baller. He, he's, he's just a solid guy to have in the secondary, you know, is he the all world guy? No, but he's never going to be a liability and, and he he'll make huge plays and, um, you know, in, in the NFL, I think sometimes the best thing you can have is constants. And that dude is just – he's just a constant. Yeah, the Texans certainly missed him in the secondary this year. That was shocking in the spring when it happened and even more shocking when he signs with a good Chicago Bears defense. And, 
what do you know? He's still a good NFL player. Crazy how that works. You know, I love the Texans who have gotten rid of Deshaun Gibson and Tyron Matthew in the last few years. Uh, like they have quite the eye for talent, don't they? They do. They know how to find guys who are good. They don't know how to keep them as evidenced by, uh, you know, now Deshaun Watson apparently maybe wants to uh, move to greener pastures. That's probably not going to happen. Well, hopefully Dewey and gets Trevor Lawrence and maybe the Jags can win more than one game this year. Uh, another dude on the squad rocking that flow. I was going to say they already got the hair matchup, so that's that's pretty, it's a pretty solid start. Yeah, if they don't have, like, a really awkward salon commercial, like a local commercial in Jacksonville, like, those two guys, that they just need to have, like, a partnership. Like, you get this hair deal, I get this hair deal, and then, like, it's a harmonious relationship from there. I don't know. We shall see. Maybe maybe Trevor Lawrence goes back to Clemson. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. That's probably not going to happen, but we'll find out. We wrap up the podcast here, though. A big award was given to uh, our good friend here. He's on the podcast, Michael Katz. He was named the National Sports Media Association, if I got that right, Sports Writer of the Year for Wyoming. A very big deal, an incredible honor, honestly, something that, you know, you work so hard. I'm speaking for cats here, but you work so hard and you don't think that anybody is reading your work. You don't think that anybody is listening to your work in media. You don't think that anybody's doing anything, paying any attention. And so I know for him to receive an award like this of this magnitude that's given to a sports writer in every state here in the United States. It, it's a big deal, and it's an elite class, an elite company. So I tip my hat to you, Mr. Katz, and uh, we're certainly proud of you here on the Wyo Sports Podcast. But go ahead, take the podium. <laughs> well, I, uh, I appreciate the shout-out. Uh, it's funny because, um, you know, I've been here a year, and I won it, and I told my uh, bosses, I was like, well, it's all down here. It's all downhill from here, guys. It's <laughs> I'm going to win it every single year and I'm not going to take it for granted. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I took a look through who won it for the other states and it's, you know, Jim Nance is being inducted into the Hall of Fame the same like weekend that I'm getting my award. And like, that's kind of surreal. And like, you know, Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic was named the National Writer of the Year. And like, I'm going to be in the same room with, with, with those people, uh, uh, assuming the banquet can happen uh, in June. But, you know, like I, I, I told my parents this, uh, you know, if you come into journalism looking for recognition, you're going to be sorely disappointed um, because uh, the compliments are few and far between and it's usually angry emails and, and the comp having to police the comment section and people telling you what you did wrong. And, uh, you know, it, it was... Uh, it was, you know, you never expect these sorts of things and you don't go into it telling yourself, oh yeah, I got this, you know, but, um, you know, in, in a year like this where things were so strange and uh, 
there were just so many different emotions in sports uh, from, you know, Wyoming having a season, then not having a season, then having a season and then having two of their games canceled. Uh, you know, it, there were just a lot of things, you know, to, to write about. And, and I think a lot of, you know, there were kind of two ways you could go. It was either you freeze up and you say, dang, this really sucks. Or you look at it and say, well, there's a lot of stories to tell. And um, part of it was for my own sanity because, you know, I'm more sane when I'm able to work and write and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I was proud of the work I did. And, um, you know, I, I knew that I had been nominated for it. And I knew who the other nominees were. And uh, <laughs> it was really funny. I got an email from... Uh, the head guy and it said, Hey, call me. And I was like, if he's call, if he's wants me to call him to tell me I didn't win, I'm going to be really mad. Uh, so I called him and he congratulated me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still, still kind of in shock because this is, you know, it's, this is a big, uh, organization. It's a big award. Um, you know, they, they don't just give them out and I, I'm, I'm honored to, to be part of the club. And, and um, I'm just thankful that, uh, you know, one, I was able to, to pursue the stories I pursued and, um, you know, had the freedom to, you know, kind of trust my gut on things, you know, not every um, writer is fortunate enough to, to have editors and leadership that let them, uh, you know, that trust them enough. And so I was really fortunate on that front and, you know, to have a fan base that cares so deeply uh, about, the university, um, you know, I, I think part of what probably helped was that people knew who I was because I covered the biggest show in town and, um, you know, they, they appreciated, uh, you know, obviously the hard news stories, but some of the, you know, features type stuff that I was able to do that maybe, um, gave people different perspectives on things and, um, you know, it, it, the, those sorts of things, you know, if, if the readers don't like them, then I can't write them. Right. And so I was, I was really fortunate that, that they've, that they liked the stuff that I was able to put out there and that, that allowed me to keep writing it. Uh, you know, I, I don't write for me. I, I write for what I think people want to see. And I was really fortunate that, um, that people liked what I was writing. And, uh, you know, as much as this is an award, you know, that's going to have my name on it. It's, it goes to the people that hired me and that I work with and uh, all the people that I work with on a consistent basis. And it, it's, it's, you know, the credit has to go to readers too, because without them, uh, I'm not able to do this. So it's, it's humbling. Uh, I'm excited to hopefully get out to North Carolina in June, uh, assuming we're all vaxxed up. Uh, and I can, uh, go, uh, if, enjoy, uh, the open bar, which is going to be very dangerous for a group of sports writers, but, uh, I, I appreciate the shout. I appreciate you guys. And, um, I, I'm just so thankful to, to, to be where I am and to be working with the people I work with. Heck yeah. Congrats, man. Um, before we, before we wrap it up, I do want to ask you something. Did you expect these Wyoming fans to be as passionate or they as they are, or did you know it was going to be like that? It's, it's funny because, you know, I was, I was covering Boise state before this and they're, they can be a little finicky. Uh, when things are really good, it's the hottest show in town. And then, you know, when they lose like three games, like Albertson stadium is like half empty. 
Um, and so I was kind of expected that to be the case here. And then I got here and um, you, you, I think you realize what the school means to Laramie in this state when it kind of hit me when I was like, oh, there's really no other university here. Like this is, this is it. Like there's no pro sports. There's no other universities to follow. Um, I mean, this is, this is it. And I think there was something really, um, there's something really cool about working at a place where, uh, where people care so much. And I've, I've been pleasantly surprised with, uh, with, with, with the fans and their enthusiasm. Well, we've been grateful to have you on the podcast so many times and really congratulations again on the award. We also thank all of our listeners for everything that they do for us. And we really appreciate them listening, subscribing, rating to the podcast. And just want to say shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll be back next week as always. Yeah.